Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Case Fuel Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and we are here today with a very interesting episode. So I'm here with Judy Saunders, who is the owner of Julie Saunders Law over in New York and New Jersey. And in addition to having a really interesting story, uh, she'd originally listed, uh, reached out because she's a listener of the podcast. So it was really, really great to, to connect with her a little bit. And um, now here we are on a podcast. So I'm really excited to have it. So thanks for coming on, Judy. Thank you for having me. Love your show. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So basically, and well, you know the drill <laughs> more than a lot of people. We always like to kind of set up with a story. So um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are with running the practice today? Sure. So I feel as if my practice, my story is so resembles what's going on right now with this horrible pandemic. If I give myself a quick answer to that, I am a relauncher. So I started my practice or I went out on my own after spending some time in politics and policy. I had worked for a time with uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg. And then just before that, I had worked as a litigator or a prosecutor in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office. And then I decided, wow, it would really be interesting, really be fun if I opened a law practice, started a family and moved. So that didn't go so well. So what happened is that I over the next couple of years, my practice really constricted or got smaller, and I spent more time um, raising a family. Um, I have two boys. So in the end of 2018, really in earnest in 2019, is when I relaunched my practice, opened the doors, super excited. And really the main difference of going out the first time, opening the doors the first time in this relaunch, was an understanding that I needed to focus, do a huge deep dive into understanding finance, understanding how to run a business, not how to lawyer. So that's kind of, you know, where I started in 2019, you know, understanding the balance sheets, profit and loss, watching the money, watching the dimes, understanding how to do that, understanding marketing, and all of those things that I didn't have before. So that's kind of where I am right now and just using tools and resources like your podcast and some of the great guests you had on there to really make a go of this business and enjoying that process. Yeah, that's awesome. I would say for the first part, you know, on a, any given Sunday, we have a lot of people that might find themselves in a similar situation where maybe, hey, going around as a solo and not being in the same position that they expected to be. But I'll say in this particular situation, if you weren't in that Coming out on the other end of this this pandemic, it's it's probably more than likely there's going to be a lot of people looking to do a relaunch when things end up getting you know a little bit back to normal, regardless of where you are in the country, right? Right. So let me ask you this: as far as like the motivation behind the relaunch, was there any sort of a uh, like a come to Jesus moment where you 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 sort of said, okay, this is basically it, this is enough, and this is what, like why I want to relaunch the practice? So I'd have to say there wasn't any one come to Jesus. It was honestly a constant low-lying pull. It was always there. It was always an energy like, this is going to happen. When's the right time? And, and I'd have to say that I always accepted. So over that time that I was mostly home, 
and raising the kids, I was still accepting some cases, still doing, um, trying to do trials to keep up on my litigation skills, doing the CLE, the continuing education courses. So there was always that pull, always that low lying, this is gonna happen, I, I'm gonna do this, I wanna do this, love the area, love the field. So, and then finally, it, I'd have to say that if I could pinpoint one type of event, it would have to be, and this is a kind of a just random story. I was um, working out, I was at the gym and ran into um, a friend, uh, Linda, Linda Lattenberg. And she was mentioning uh, to me a fellowship that she was running or a fellowship that she had heard of. It was called Inspiring Capital. And what it turned out to be was this really, really great cohort of 15 women from different backgrounds, finance, communications, marketing. And the purpose of the, the fellowship, which I applied for and was accepted, it was to look at business and business with a purpose. If you're going to be coming back, you know, after a career break of however long, a year, five years, 10 years, um, why not come back with purpose, with a business mindset, and be really mindful and conscientious? So I'd have to say that if there was anyone come to Jesus, it was probably a come to Jesus in the gym and speaking to uh, that friend. And then that's actually such, sounds like such a great opportunity too. So, I mean, I don't know, not everyone has a cohort of 15 people <laughs> they can have to help relaunch a business, but that sounds like a really fantastic opportunity. So let's actually dive into that a little bit more. So basically we have, you know, you're in the position where you've, you've kind of made the first decision to move forward, which is always the most important step. How did things kind of start off for, for you? And then what, what ended up changing first as far as what you're doing with the practice? So I'd have to say, and anyone that is thinking of relaunching, even after this pandemic, I, I don't necessarily believe in or espouse, you know, um, having a mentor, maybe because I don't think that I ever really had one specific mentor, but I would say that it is so important to find a partner, someone to bounce ideas off of. So how it started in the first place, it was me setting that, and I, I mean this word, it used to be just, I know it's used all the time, me setting a boundary before it was always either, you know, doing work in a co-working space or only working in, you know, when the family hours permitted, but it was really kind of setting up and establishing hard boundaries. I'm back to work. The office is open during this time. No, I can't pick you up, you know, to my kids or no, I can't take you surfing. I have two very avid uh, surfers. It was really setting those hard boundaries, signing a lease on an office and going to the office and really doing, reminding myself of that hard work, you know, that I had done you know, as a prosecutor or done when I worked in politics, going back to those type of hours, setting up those boundaries and starting to say no, you know, to some other, uh, you know, things that weren't a priority. So that's kind of how it started off. And then I really think that I picked up momentum with this cohort, uh, Linda Lottenberg and Judy, uh, her partner, they now started, they moved away from that cohort and they started a company called Evolve Me which is just, they do beautiful work as far as, if you are a relauncher or if you're someone in a pivot or in a career, or even in these times, they really do beautiful work of bringing you in, giving you that circle to bounce ideas off of, helping you understand business. Um, we did some work around understanding technologies, which was 
really fun to see, you know, come home and I would asking my boys, well, have you heard of this app and that app? And it was really fun that they hadn't and to know that I had kind of gotten that exposure beforehand. So I think that's really instrumental that when you are doing some type of relaunch, some type of pivot, if you can find someone, and there are groups out there, to just even to hear, you know, I'm thinking about offering this service or doing that, that really helped. That really helped me get momentum on this relaunch. Yeah, and I think that's such an important thing too, because you kind of see this happening all the time. And whether it's, you know, somebody relaunching a business or somebody getting back to the gym after a long layoff or who knows what, right? I think the, the ability to get that momentum is such an important thing because when sometimes people will go through and they'll put their nose to the grindstone, but I mean, definitely kudos to you, Judy, for first of all, making, you know, I think it's really important to set yourself with uh, those distinctions. So the stuff like getting the office, right? Like you're signaling to yourself by virtue of where you're going to be, how serious you are to being committed to this. And then once you start getting the results, you're, you're almost building power around this idea of this really being a new thing in your practice. So if anyone's listening to this, you know, keep that in mind. If you, if you might've tried and not had the best res, uh, results from this, you know, definitely take uh, you know, just definitely take the splitting of these things seriously and making sure that you're having those, those quick wins in the beginning. So wanted to touch like, you know, pivot a little bit. So one of the things you mentioned is that you're kind of diving for the first time into like these numbers and these, these more traditional business aspects versus the traditional law, law ones. So were you surprised to find anything with how your practice had been running? And you know, what did you change from that perspective? I would say it is nothing like I was doing before. It was, I realized that I had a real fear around, it was a, the fear of the unknown. You know, before you're kind of just plugging along, you're kind of bootstrapping it and not really digging into these principles that I instinctively knew that you needed but because I wasn't trained, you know, we'll hear it a thousand times. We're not trained to do that in law school. You're not trained to do that. You know, you say, okay, I'm going to open a, a law practice. And you think somehow magically, you know, the, the back office is going to run itself. But it was really just, and, and if I can use your term from earlier, having a come to Jesus moment and saying, what is scaring you? What is terrifying you? Just do it. So when I did that, I had also been working on a board at a local health clinic that offers free health services. And they had a, a gentleman on there, one of my board members that I work with, and he had spent his life in business and finance. And that was kind of my first starting point, just approaching him. Can you just tell me the issues? If you're, I put him in my scenario, if you're opening the, uh, the doors to a new business, what are some of the foundational documents that I need? And, you know, and this now also goes hand in hand with some of my own research that I was doing, you know, looking around, reading books. I started to read ferociously any, or, and I shouldn't say read because I'm a podcast listener and an audio book. So audio book listening, uh, you know, nonstop to every business book, profit first, anything I could get my hands on. So that kind of was really the second thing, just opening back the curtains and the doors that scared me and looking into the finance, setting up the balance sheet, setting up the profit and loss, looking at what are the profit margins, what numbers I need to hit, all of those things that I didn't do before. That's probably the biggest difference to what's going on now. Okay. And it's also like super evident that, you know, you're definitely a voracious uh, learner, Judy. So I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit, like as far as like how, you know, 
there's a lot of information out there and I have to say it's, it's definitely of, of varying quality. So as far as like how you, you ended up, um, you know, getting those recommendations for the first books, I guess, you know, the, a meta question is, you know, how do you go about prioritizing what information you wanted to get in your practice at a given time? And then secondly, you know, if you, if you had any you know, books that you thought were super helpful, like what could you recommend to somebody who's in this position that they're considering a, a relaunch like you were? Sure. So, you know, I think that I, what I did is that I said to myself, Judy, I started to talk to friends that I knew that had MBAs. And I had even flirted with the idea of maybe I need to do some type of, should I go back to school with this relaunch? Should I do an MBA online program to really get that kind of foundational finance? And the resounding answer was no. You do not need an MBA. So then what I did is that I started to look at the curriculum of traditional MBA programs. And then I also went online and looked at them being offered in your professional studies. So for individuals that have advanced degrees or just wanted to go back or add to their careers, I started kind of reading that course curriculum, reading those outlines as a cue to me as to, and especially the programs of that had professional study curriculum, I started to really read those course outlines. And that kind of gave me some buzzwords that I know that I needed. So I started with that. I did find the book Profit First, uh, very helpful. I think the other book, and I, I'll have to confirm, was uh, I think it was a three-day MBA or seven-day MBA. I, I forget the exact title. That's another one that I jumped in. And it kind of and then I started looking, listening to Seth Godin. It kind of just expanded from there. So I started with what I thought to be, would be kind of the concrete fundamental, fundamental. And then I kind of expanded from there. And that, you know, it led me to this. And then the other thing I started to, and also you'll get suggestions, you know, your audible search or your, um, and that's how it led me to other books. But I kind of knew going back to those areas that I had no idea, but knew you needed that. So I kind of would just search for those topics, you know, so for example, um, profit and loss, profit margins, I kind of started to do searches into those areas. Yeah, that's super thorough. I don't know if I've ever heard about somebody taking that same strategy, but like going all the way directly to the source material. That's, yeah, that's, 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 you know, that's, that's really good. And as far as, um, you know, I mean, people, you know, if, if to, just to play the devil's advocate to the people who might not want to take the time, I mean, you obviously have a really busy life, Judy, you know, you've got your two sons, you've got the practice that you've been uh, not only running, but growing aggressively in the past year and a half. I mean, what kind of time investment are you putting into to really learning all this stuff? And, and where are you finding the time in your day to do that? I'll have to be fully transparent with everyone. There's not going to be, uh, you know, let's, we all know that it's a myth of the perfect work-life balance. I think that what has worked for me and what I think would work for most individuals is really, I'd have to say my hack, my pro hack has been the audible listening. So if I'm on the train, you know, cause I commute before the, before this whole pandemic, I was commuting say three days a week into the city to court appearances and I use that time to listen to the books on the train, no matter what I was doing. If I'm listening to a podcast or a YouTube video, I'm digesting. I think that was the key to digest a large bulk of this material by doing it in an audible form, audio form, so that I could keep working or keep moving. Or if I'm driving, I was 
nonstop doing that. I think that's, that's kind of how I did it. And then now it, I really relied on some of the old tactics that I use. So for example, law school, you're going to pull all nighters. You're going to, you're going to put, you know, the family, you know, finish cooking or whatever it is that you're doing. And then it's the second shift. I mean, we all know the second shift. It's reemploying that. I think that's not, I think that's, that's how I, that's how it works, right? That's how I'm making it work. Just using that same laser focus that got me other things that I wanted in life and applying it to this relaunch. Yeah. And like, I'd also say probably it's like, you know, it was a little bit more aggressive on them. Hopefully you're not pulling too many all-nighters these days. So <laughs> I think it's like, you know, the more, the more you have to change, the more energy you need to kind of break the pattern. Yes. Right. Yes. So let's switch topics a little bit. So we've talked about kind of the financial stuff, but from the marketing side, you know, what kind of changes did you start putting in place and how did that end up like working for you? So that the marketing side is the one thing that I have been actually from the beginning kind of laser focus on. I realized that I no longer wanted to exist in the feast or famine waiting for the client, you know, or waiting for the random referral. So um, what I'm doing right now is I'm actually trying to implement a more global strategy, a way to look at marketing and always asking myself the question, well, why am I doing that? Why am I going to send that out? Or who's going to be interested in that? Or are they, is someone really, really going to take something from this? Again, we all are time crunched. And I do not, my goal is to not put out a piece of content out there that you just, it's not going to just make you just a, just a smidgen wiser or make you a little bit more curious. So that's kind of my intent and purpose. And then it's working with, working with a consultant to try to help me craft, you know, messages that are on point, you know, with email marketing. And that's the one thing that I'm focusing on right now. I love LinkedIn for all of its different resources that it has. But, um, but a lot of um, thinking about the content, thinking about the email marketing, thinking how to best serve my audience, those are kind of the things that I'm thinking about with the marketing piece. Gotcha. I know you mentioned earlier that you were a fan of Seth Godin and also a huge fan over here, by the way. Yeah. So having that, I mean, I also think too, I feel like there's, there's been this issue with a lot of the stuff. I think it was just this kind of, you know, end of the last decade, mostly it was just like when, you know, Twitter and Facebook were cool and you could just get a lot of results from just posting stuff every day. I think people kind of got into a pattern where they were just churning out content for the sake of having something to keep the algorithm happy. And people kind of lost sight of what actually was like, you know, providing value. But you know, beyond kind of like having like an angle that, that ends up benefiting someone, just to get like super tactical, what are you doing to build your email list right now? So I have been, it's funny, today I just posted on my wall asking myself the question, where are my people living? Where are my clients living? What are they reading? I'm trying to really dig down and get to that person that needs to hear my message. And that's, and I think that I do that tactically by continuing to ask myself that question, because even today I thought of two other areas that I hadn't even looked at before. Part of my practice focuses on, you know, the abuse of individuals by either authority figures and or authority figures or um, institutions. 
And I started to think to myself, well, where are these people? Where are they? What are they reading? What are they doing? And how could my service help them? So I kind of always try to make myself expand my mind and not just go to, you know, what, where I would normally think, you know, um, go to a trade association or, you know, go to send out a post. I'm always just trying to ask myself, stretch my mind and think, where is that one person that could be helped by this? So I think that's kind of tactically how I try to approach the whole marketing. I've also been thinking about doing some really targeted writing and blogging. I've done some, but I, you know, I think that that's an area that I know that can serve, but really, really, really asking myself those questions as I'm writing. So that's what I'm constantly doing when I'm putting out content and marketing. Right. And um, it's also, yeah, I, I can kind of tell too. So we were looking at your, uh, your uh, website a little bit before we ended up jumping on this call. And I clicked on the resources tab and I saw actually such a really interesting thing. Like you put together like a little bit of a resource package as far as stuff that was pertaining to the, uh, to the crisis. So I both wanted to say that's really super interesting to ask you about that specifically, but in the more general sense, how has everything been affecting you with the pandemic so far and what, what kind of stuff have you been doing to, uh, you know, just, just get through this? So one of the benefits of course, of being a solo or a small business is having the ability, having the agility to do a pivot. And what part of the, one of the things that I like to do and one of my skills, you know, is getting in, reading, pulling out, you know, looking at legislation, understanding that that was one of the things that I did in one of my prior jobs. So as soon as I started, and this is something that I just do in my spare time, you know, listening to policy, seeing what's going on congressionally. So as soon as I started to, you know, hear about the fam first, the families first, the different phases of the CARES Act, you know, I started to say to myself, well, how could this, you know, help the business? How could it help colleagues? You know, the, it, the immediate impact that it's had on my business is that, of course, there's no traveling, there's no going to courts. Um, so everyone, everything has gone online. You know, you're watching, you're seeing, you know, how, how this is affecting clients, but also, you know, other small businesses. So I started to say to myself, even to colleagues that, you know, are fellow attorneys, reading the CARES Act, it's putting out, you know, well, this is what I'm seeing going on with the um, disaster relief funding. These are, this is my experience. Um, it's looking for one thing that I like that I'd like to do was try to find those phone numbers that, um, that someone will actually pick up. So it's just sending out a post like, guys, you have a question about the SBA loans. This is who you should contact, or this is how I'm reading it. This is how I'm construing it. Um, and that was kind of the impetus and the reason for kind of putting out those resources. Like, what can I do if I can't get, get into court if I'm not able to meet with um, children or with individuals in relation to my advocacy work or, you know, the civil litigation, you know, what can I do as a business owner? So that's kind of how I saw, that's where I saw that I could use my skills immediately. And that's, and so that's what I did. Yeah, I think it's such an elegant skill set too. I mean, like for anyone who's listening, it's like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a background in legislation to be able to do what Judy did. 
you know, it's about really kind of catering to what you can offer. And, and again, it's like with, with the, the, the stuff that I've been seeing doing the best in this, this whole kind of pandemic, it's like, all right, yeah, we, you know, we know you take Zoom meetings. We know you got the banner on the front of the site. That's, that's kind of table stakes at this point. It's okay. going that extra step to do what Judy did and actually kind of leverage something that's, that's unique in a first way. And it's actually going to leave people with value that ends up being, you know, what actually kind of ends up driving success in the long term. And then one of the like so, and then um, one of the last thing too. So just um, I know we've we mentioned a couple times, but the kind of civil litigation part of your practice, and you know the fact that you're a certified B Corp, which is something that's very very rare to find in the uh, in, in the the law firm world. So could you tell us a little bit more about that, like you know, and and kind of you know how the whole uh, how the whole thing works, and then you know what sort of um, you know changes that you have to make in your law firm to do that. Sure. So. The process, one of the things to talk about, so I will try to be brief with becoming a certified B Corp. And it was, um, it was a part of that whole process that grew out of learning the business side and how to run a business. And it also, then it, it came to me, well, what type of business do you want to be? What do you want to say to your clients, to people looking in, looking from the outside? And I started to research, you know, the different certifications and also as part of the fellowship, that's kind of where I first was introduced to B Corps. Now, of course, B Corps have been around for decades. So some of the more well-known are Ben and Jerry's, the retailer Patagonia, Eileen Fisher, you know, they're kind of the trailblazers. And the value of being a B Corp is that you are saying to you're saying to the world, you're saying to customers, you're saying to your hiring, to your team, we value you. We value the local community. We value the environment. We value the global community. The process was vigorous. Um, and it's something that I'm actually, that I'm glad that I went through early on in the, re the relaunch. So from a service, from a service side, you know, it's turning over financials. It's answering questions on your impact on the environment. Are, do, are you implementing um, uh, safety? Are you in, if you have um, hiring, how do you treat them? What does your employee handbook say? Um, it's actually um, changing your governing documents. So the process was great, but the, the motivation to do it was that uh, being a certified B Corp so aligned with what I believe as a person as, and a business owner, it was almost you know, it was a no brainer for me to join and to say, you know, they often give the analogy that um, being a certified B Corp is analogous when someone has not heard of that. If you were to pick up, say, a bag of coffee and you see a fair trade on it, it immediately singles, signals to you, the consumer, that this product from the ground to the store, to the supplier, to the farm, Everyone is treated fairly. And that's, that's what I wanted to say to the world in this new business. You know, that you as, not only you as the client, but my team, team members, associates, everyone is considered the impact that we have on our environment. That's also considered. We're not just churning out or doing things. So I know that a lot of times um, it's in, in, in the industry or any industry, in any business, you'll say to your clients, we care about you, we're responsive. No, I wanted to go one step beyond and let people know as a certified B Corp, not only am I responsive to you as a client, 
but I care about the community that I sit in and I work in. I have an office, um, a, a office closer to home in New Jersey. So I care about, and I'm active in that community. I'm also very active when I, in, um, in boards that I sit on in New York City. So that's kind of what the whole B Corp says. Yeah, and, and another kind of follow-on question for anyone who might be considering this, like you now have the opportunity to have a more traditional law firm and then actually gone through the entire process to have a B Corp. What would you say is the major difference as far as, you know, being on both sides of that? What, what can you, what's, you know, what's changed the most for the business? You know, it's, it's being, well, one thing, that's, one thing that's changed is you really start to think of yourself as a business you're you've entered you're setting you're laying down the foundations to be a business it's not just running a practice it's not just you know hurriedly running to court you know churning out you know not really thinking about the business side you're really setting up these principles to run yourself as a business and then also you're putting on that extra layer um and that this is a difference so i think about you know where and you need to do this in the certification process. Where are you even getting in your office supplies from? How are you disposing of, you know, your waste as part of the office? Um, even um, in the office that I'm in, what type of standards, the lighting they use, you know, all of those things that I wouldn't have considered before um, are now part of the way that I run the office, the way I run the practice. Yeah. All right. That's the, yeah, that's super interesting. And then for anyone who's considering that, I mean, this is uh, getting a little bit, uh, I mean, it's been super, super helpful for, thanks for, um, for coming on Judy, but uh, for anyone who's, who might want to have any questions, I hope I'm not opening the floodgates here, no, but, um, no. <laughs> but what would be the best, uh, the best way for anyone to, uh, to find out more about you or get in touch? Absolutely. They can email me at Judy, J-U-D-I-E at J Saunders law firm.com. And I have no problem with my phone. 917-674-7753. I love to help. This is how I've done my relaunch by getting help from others. Um, so I, I am here and I'm, I'm ready to help anyone else. Okay. Thank you so much for that. I mean, it's a super generous offer. And uh, yeah, like I said, I hope it doesn't open the floodgates. But if anyone wants to go ahead and reach out to you about anything, and this has been a really um, interesting and far ranging conversation. So but be free to reach out. Yeah. Thanks again, Judy. Super appreciate you reaching out. And it's been awesome to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It's been great speaking with you. All right. Thanks for everybody. And then and, uh, we'll have another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast for you next week. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.